Welcome to the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast from Nashville, Tennessee. I am your host, John Martin Keith. Celebrities, working class musicians, and people who work behind the scenes in all areas of the music industry will share their stories, encourage you, and give practical advice of ways you can make a living doing what you love in the music industry. This episode is brought to you by Edenbrook Productions. Edenbrook Productions is the company I founded to help musicians grow in their craft. Are you a songwriter, but maybe you've been told your songs aren't quite there yet? Or are your songs ready, but you don't feel stage ready? Or maybe music is your passion, but you feel imprisoned by your day job and you don't know what to do next to make your dream a reality. Well, Edenbrook Productions is here to help. We offer consulting services via phone call, Skype, and FaceTime. And for the You Can Make a Living in the Music Industry podcast listeners, we're offering an introductory one-hour consultation special. Click on the link in the show notes to contact me, and let's get you making a living in the music industry. Hey, everybody. Welcome back, and thank you so much for joining us again today. We're going to continue part two of our conversation with Elizabeth Chan as we focus on road managing in the music business. In addition to drumming, you're tour managing. Mm-hmm, that's right. Now, at what point after moving to Nashville did you get into the tour managing side of things? Yeah, well, it was about four months after moving to Nashville uh, and four months after being on the gig with Mariah, actually, that her road manager moved on. And they kind of pulled me aside and said, hey, you're detail-oriented. Why don't you, you know, just jump into this for a little bit and see how you like it. Uh, so I took on that hat for for a bit of time and and eventually it was it wasn't something that came naturally to me but it was something that uh, I really enjoyed getting to be a part of the communication process in advancing shows Um, just being able to work with different people on a even work with the promoters on a different level and work with management on a different level that you know for a lot of musicians they don't get that interaction Um, and so Coming into that, I, there were, once again, a lot of things that I had to learn about. Because when I first moved to Nashville, I didn't even know what a road manager did. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, four months of me observing what Bethany, the road manager for Mariah, had done. And then once I jumped into it, I really was just like, all right, let's try to figure this all out. And um, Mariah's manager was kind enough to to give me pointers throughout that whole thing. But yeah it was basically just doing it from one gig learning a couple of things there bringing that to the next gig um trying to see how i could improve the processes there and continuing to build on that so walk us through for people who don't know what a road manager does what is a day in the life of a road manager look like yeah so for a road manager the work really begins weeks before you ever show up to the gig Oftentimes, about four to six weeks out, you'll begin your first process of reaching out to the promoter or the promoter will have reached out to you. uh, And you just start working through all the details that are required for a show, whether that be backline gear, whether that be hotels, travel, ground transportation once you get there. You know, you're basically working through all of these different travel logistics so that by the time you get to the show, everything already should have been sorted out. And I think, too, for me, having a dual role of drumming and tour managing, the advancement side of things is even that much more important because... So what do you mean by advancing a show? What For a listener who doesn't know what that means, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Yeah, so the advancement, basically, you know, booking all the things, okay. having all the travel sorted, um, having the schedule for the show. Okay. Because I'm doing two roles, 
really the advancement part of things needs to be very finely tuned by the time I get there. Um, because if anything comes up on the drumming side of things, and oftentimes I'm also dealing with the tracks for the artist, um, sometimes I'm band leading for the artist, and so, you know, making sure that I can check off everything on the list before I get there, or as many things as I can check off before I get there, is super important to me. And when you do that advancement work, you know, um, thoroughly, by the time you get to the show, really everything should just kind of run as clockwork. You're going to be dealing with, you know, making sure that dressing rooms and that type of thing are set up and, and ready to go. Um, even working with coordinating, sometimes, I mean, there are travel things that come up, like say you have a delayed flight or you have a canceled flight. And at that point you have to really work on your, on your feet to come up with a different plan and make sure that everyone is in communication on it. When things like that happen, I think communication is the biggest asset to a tour manager. Um, at that point, you're wanting to bring in management so that they're aware of what's happening with the artist because it really can affect the artist financially when travel things um, come up. And also, you're wanting to keep in touch with the promoter to let them know, hey, this is what's taking place. We're still on our way to you, um, but here's the timeline of things because even on their end, they're having to adjust sound check times. They're having to adjust possibly even show times. Mm -hmm. um, so communication is really important in that whole process. That's cool. For me, as an artist, I'm also my road manager. Right. <laughs> I'm the artist, and I'm the road manager, and I'm the manager, uh, the artist manager, and I'm the booking agent. So, yeah. I mean, like, as a, myself, I do everything. So, yeah. uh, I recently, this uh, just a couple months ago, flew to California for a show that I booked. And so, I was flying out and had a, a layover. Second plane got canceled. Before I, as I got on the plane for the first, the first plane I got on, before it even took off, got a text saying that the second flight was canceled, and I wasn't going to be able to fly out until the next night, oh, and, which yeah. is when my show was going to be going. So I got to Denver, the, where, where the flight was canceled, and was scrambling, and having to get all of this stuff figured out. You know, right. I'm on the phone, and I'm having to make phone calls. And I, here's what's mm -hmm. happening. I'm going to have to rent a car and drive 19 hours over, oh all night gosh. long to get to, <laughs> the, get to the venue yeah. to make sure I could actually play the show. And I got it all worked out. But, yeah. it, you know, that logistical nightmare of when a flight cancels and your, your show is in jeopardy and they've already sent you money. Absolutely. You know, you've yeah. got obligations to fulfill right. and you want to fulfill. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I can't just cancel and turn around and go home. I got to yeah. figure this out. And uh, so that's what you're having to deal Absolutely. with, you know, yeah. every time. And when you're working with band and crew, I mean, you have sometimes five to 12 to however many people on a gig. You know, when flights get canceled, you're talking change fees and all of that multiplied by however many people you have yeah. and so it really at that point you're making a financial call for the artist as well and you're wanting to be aware of how much is this going to cost them is this even in budget you know is there a better option here mm -hmm. like for instance what you did with renting a car you know at a certain point sometimes that although it's painful to do that mm -hmm. sometimes that is the best option mm -hmm. and you have to make those calls and and be decisive on the spot and you make that decision for them right 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 absolutely and of course i mean for me i really really lean into management as well like i really think the job of tour manager is in direct partnership with management that with artist management mm -hmm, right. exactly so 
I want to make sure that I have a great relationship with the managers that I work with just as much as the artists because at the end of the day, I'm making decisive calls on things with them. Right. You know, and you have to be on the same page or else a lot of times like, man, if I make a call for thousands of dollars for the artist and the manager doesn't agree, it's pretty much job over for me. Right. right. So you want to make sure that you have that open relationship with that artist manager so that at any point that you're on the road at any time of the day, you can call that person and say, hey, this is what I'm encountering. Um, can you jump on the computer for me and look at things with me? Okay. Does that happen very often? It doesn't happen very often, okay. but I would say, you know, the moments that it does happen, you're typically like, you have like 30 minutes to make a decision. Okay. It typically ends up being that, that way. And it usually gets itself worked out though, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You have to figure yeah. out something to do because mm-hmm. you know, there's sure. a lot of, a lot of jobs on the line. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there are times when you can even communicate with the promoter. I mean, I remember one time where, um, our flights were crazy. We woke up at four that morning and we were supposed to catch a flight in Richmond and that airport got completely flooded, like completely flooded. We were supposed to play a show in Ohio that night and there was no way, like our, our, it first started with a delay notification and you just kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. Finally, it's seven o'clock and we're realizing this storm is about to basically keep us in Richmond like we're we're not going to get out unless we come up with something quick and so came up with the idea to switch the flights to DC and make the drive there but the storm was so bad that everyone was booking out rental cars so I contacted our guitarist dad he was living in the area and I was like, hey, I know this sounds crazy because it's storming outside. Like, th- it was to the point where the airport shuttle from the hotel to the airport actually uh, got flooded and started lifting off the ground. Oh, goodness. Like, the flood was just really wow. bad. Um, but our guitarist dad came through, um, picked me up, and we decided to drive probably 30, 45 minutes inland. Um, and we got to this rental place where it literally was the last rental car that they had. We asked, do you have any SUVs here? Um, And the guy goes, this is crazy because in our system, I don't even see a rental car left, but there happens to be one in the lot, I'll let you have it. Um, So we took that rental car, picked up the band and immediately started making our way to Washington DC. We had already switched our flights, trying to get that way, hit a ton of traffic. We miss our flights there. And I'm like, okay, the next best, best option is Baltimore. So we drive on to Baltimore, eventually make our um, flights there. But by this point, we've completely missed soundcheck. Um, I'm speaking with the promoter, and he's like, you're going to miss your set time, too. I've asked all of the other bands on this bill whether they'd be willing to let you move your set time to right before the headliner. And thankfully, after communicating with all the management companies involved, all the artists involved, uh, he got the go-ahead to let us move our set to right before the headliner. So we show up, we literally pull up, and it's like, all right, you've got 15 minutes till stage. Gosh. <laughs> plug are, in and go. Right, plug in and right. go. Get your gear on stage, and you're just going to have to do the show blindly. You know, we have mm-hmm. a basic monitor mix set up for you, but you just got to go for it. And it's in those moments where you're like, all right. 
you know, there are contracts on the line, there are different um, agreements that have been already set in motion. And we can't just, just because the travel day is tough, we can't just pull out of it, you know? So those are probably the trickiest moments where you're having to be on your toes communicating to everyone. Yeah, so you have to have, to be a tour manager, a road manager, you have to have good communication skills. Mm -hmm. So that's something that the audience needs to know. Yeah. If, you're, if somebody wants to do this for a living, mm -hmm. you have to have good communication with people and you have to have a good personality. You have mm -hmm. to, again, coming back to relationships, you have to be able to, to relate to people and talk to people and, uh, and be able to tr problem solve, troubleshoot on the spot. And there's a lot of pressure mm -hmm. doing that. And wow, I'm, it's stressing me out just a little bit just to listen. And I, <laughs> and I even, I, I do tour managing and I'm yeah. like, man, I haven't, I haven't come across that to mm -hmm. that level. Mm -hmm. It's good to know that you're able to work those things out and that people are willing to let you move because that's a big deal to let an artist move kind of up the chain of opening acts especially Absolutely. when you have multiple acts yeah you know if you're supposed to be the the first band of four right you know and it because each band is a, for people to know usually it's you know an artist comes out and then the, a bigger artist comes out and then mm -hmm. a bigger artist comes out and then you got the big headliner next Absolutely. so for so, for two bands to say yeah we're going to let you be after us instead of before us that says a lot about them mm -hmm. for one and their their management to let you do that yeah so that's really really cool yeah and that's where good relationships are you know involved as well like that's where it really comes into play because if you were a jerk to these other artists prior, mm -hmm. you know, chances are when you're in a bind like that, things aren't going to work as smoothly. But if they trust you, if they know, hey, you're going to keep to your set time and hey, you know, you're in a tough situation, but we've seen you at other shows before. We trust that you can be a professional about this and step on stage and, and pull off a good show. You know, they're way more willing at that point to say sure we'll work this out and sure. we'll 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 all agree to have this be in your favor so that you can actually do your show and fulfill your contract yeah yeah uh, i think the moral of the story as a musician in that situation is know your stuff mm -hmm. that's where it comes back to know what you're doing you know practicing all the time make sure you know what you're playing how to play your instrument well so that because when you get put in that position hey you got 15 minutes to set up and play in front of thousands of people mm -hmm. you don't get a sound check it's just plug in and go um you've got to be able to do it yeah otherwise you're you're in bad shape mm -hmm. you know so that comes back to to that so who have you worked with as a tour manager who are some of the artists you've worked with yeah so i tour managed with ellie holcomb okay i tour managed with holland um, right now, I'm on the road with a girl named Abby Anderson, who I'm drumming and tour managing for. Okay. Um, so and that's who that she's opening for? Who's she opening for? Uh, so we actually just did a tour with Rob Thomas. Okay. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then um, she has a couple of shows coming up that she's just doing one-offs for. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so the tour that we just finished was opening up for Rob Thomas, and, and that was a 70-day, like, I think it was 44 or 45 shows that we ended up doing total. And is that like a dream come true, getting to play with Rob Thomas? Oh, my gosh. It was <laughs> so cool. And his entire crew, everyone that he had on the road was just incredible. And I, I think, you know, it's fun to see someone like him who has been a part of Matchbox 20. He still has Matchbox 20 going. And, um, you know, it just he's done it all and still is the kindest human being on mm, the planet. That's cool. Like he's the type of guy that, you know, isn't just – 
stuck on his bus. He isn't just hiding out somewhere or removed from his crew or from the opener or from the people that are on the road. He's just so engaged with everyone. And I loved getting to see that and learn from him in that regard. That's cool. So with Abby Anderson, mm-hmm. um, you, she's got some shows coming up because yeah. you and I had this this interview scheduled for a few days from now. Right. I think next week we were supposed to do this. Right. And then you text, it's like, hey, can we maybe move right. uh, this to today because right. I've got to go and out on the road and open up for... Well, I or actually... can you not say? I actually can't even you say. You can't even say, <laughs> oh... Okay, then I know a secret and I won't say it. Right. It's actually, yeah, so the reason why that came up so last minute is because it was a secret show that came oh, through. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Well, I will keep the secret. Okay. Well, uh, I love knowing, that's one of the fun things about I getting know. to do stuff like this is right. like you get little tidbits of information that Absolutely. are behind the scenes. And, Absolutely. Um, so that's cool. Well, I'm excited for what you're getting ready to do. Thank you. Um, and by the time that people get to hear this interview it will it will be out to the world and people will already know about that so but it'll be fun for them to find out what advice would you give to someone that wants to be a drummer or a tour manager because those are the two biggest things that you do is there anything else that you do outside of in in the music business are those the two kind of things that you focus on but that's a Mm full-time that's full-time one of them's full-time yeah i mean just drumming is a full-time gig for you right right so by adding tour managing on top of that You've got yourself two full-time gigs that you're, you're doing. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. I don't want specifics, mm-hmm. but as far as, okay, you're getting paid by artists or artist mm-hmm. management to be a drummer, yeah. right? Um, and that, that's a good gig. And then when you go out and now you're all of a sudden you're going to be tour managing that same artist, mm-hmm. that's a separate paycheck, correct? Right. That's an additional mm-hmm. you know, paycheck for you. And so sometimes you're doing both of those jobs for one artist, or you might be doing drumming for one artist and tour managing another artist. Now, do you ever drum for one artist and road manage for another artist at the same time? Like if you're, are you drumming on one gig and at the same time when you're not on the stage, are you road managing from a computer on a phone for somebody else? Right. I've done that in the past and I've just learned that that is not the most ideal situation for me. It's just a little bit too much to cover um especially when i'm on the road with one artist and then trying to sort out details like for instance if things go perfectly as planned it's great but if any hiccups come up that's where i'm spread too thin yeah and so i've done that in the past um but another part of it too was just i realized being present with one thing and being present with one group of people is super important and for me i'm someone who if I, if I don't feel like I've shown up with, for instance, you sitting here and I walk out of this room, I'm going to feel bad for the fact that I didn't have my full attention here. And so even just for my own mental well-being, I'm like, I, I, need to, I need to know when to limit myself and when to set boundaries so that I am fully, fully showing up in the space that I'm currently in. Right. So, yeah, eventually, I mean, it got to the point where... I just decided I'm not making the best use of, of my skills or even my time by spreading myself so thin. So I ended up giving up. Uh, I used to do advancement for other artists while being on the road with another artist. And at this point, I just kind of have made it a decision in my mind that I won't do more than two jobs on the road. That's the first thing. Um, so if I'm drumming and tour managing, there's no way I'm doing merch. Like, it's just not, I, I've been asked to do that in the past. Um, or for instance, if I'm drumming and tour managing, I'm not going to also band lead, um, or I'll drum and band lead and not tour manage, you know, um, just finding the limit 
where you know it works well and then finding the limit where okay now I'm definitely over the line um, it's been really important for me to just understand those boundaries mm -hmm. what advice would you give to someone that wants to be a drummer or a tour manager not necessarily both but either or mm -hmm. what what's some advice that you would want to give to them that are starting out wanting to move to Nashville or LA or Chicago or New York uh, any of the big cities. And I think that's one of the main things is if you're going to do this, you need to be in one of these cities because that's where the work is. Right. That's where you build relationships mm -hmm. and make connections with people. You were from New York, so there's an advantage there because you're already from there. There's a lot of stuff happening there. Mm -hmm. But if you're not from one of these big cities where music takes place, these, these meccas of music, then it's a lot harder to, to find that kind of work because it's just not... It's not where the hub is, right? Right. So what would you say to someone that wants to get into this kind of stuff? Um, I feel like I could answer this from multiple perspectives, like either from the financial side or even from the logistics side of moving. You know, one, I would definitely recommend moving. You know, like you said, you have to be in this area. Um, you have to be able to get to the call. You know, for instance, if someone finds out about you like, hey, I heard that you're a drummer in town or really need someone last minute, that is your opportunity to jump in. You know, so you want to be available first of all. Um, and then from a financial perspective too, I know that's a concern for a lot of people who are considering the move. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, I don't have a gig lined up. And if I jump into a job, I'm not going to have the availability to take any gigs. So why would I even move there if I don't have the availability? To that, I say you really have to be smart about how you go about, you know, dealing with the finances, but then also keeping your availability. You know, if if you're looking for something that's flexible, like I'm like, there are so many options here in Nashville, especially because a lot of people understand uh, musicians who are part time. And there are a lot of jobs that will be flexible with that schedule. Uh, for me, when I first moved, I wasn't full-time doing drumming like I wasn't I didn't have enough gigs to maintain you know paying for rent and all of these other things and so I took up a part-time job actually at a fitness club mm -hmm. where from I think it was about nine to one on Monday Tuesday Wednesday when I wasn't traveling I had hours at this fitness club where I would you know check in there would be like a mad rush in the morning of people checking in and then once people checked in um, that job actually gave me the flexibility to sit in front of a computer and I could either read or I could send out emails. So as long as I got those responsibilities done in the morning, I was then free to contact managers, to send out emails, to make calls, you know, do whatever I needed to do for the music side of what I was trying to accomplish. So just really being smart in chasing down the right fit for getting an income while also creating flexibility for yourself, I think is a really important thing to learn um, and to take into your move to Nashville. And then the second thing that I would recommend is when you move, obviously you're working on a tight budget, you know, as you're trying to build up your career with gigs and that sort of thing. Um, a common mistake that I find a lot of people make is as things increase, like as you have more shows as your income increases a lot of people then have their spending increase it's right. like your income has exponentially increased and at the same time your spending has ex exponentially increased and i think one of the things that um, is a really wise practice is as your income increases 
allow your savings to exponentially increase because as a musician you you don't have a steady income there are going to be times where it's like thousands of shows all at once and then the next season it's going to be oh i didn't get a tour and so i'm stringing together one-offs you know and it's in those moments where you want to have that consistent you almost want to think of it as you're salarying yourself you're Correct. you're putting yourself on a salary um, and through the year you're having an even flow of cash whatever you bring in it's not that you have suddenly ten thousand dollars that you can blow in one sitting just because you got a tour that was ten thousand right. dollars you know um, and so I think that's a really important practice as well and and then eventually too um, because being self-employed as a musician is very different from working for a company. I think it also um, helps you set aside income and, and money for things that eventually, like as you move into different stages of life too, like say getting married and starting a family, wanting to buy a house, um, wanting to invest in different things for retirement. You know, those are all aspects that you have to think about for yourself when you're self-employed. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would also add to not be in debt. Mm, absolutely. To get out of debt. Mm-hmm. I can't recommend Dave Ramsey enough yes. <laughs> to people. Uh, because if you are in debt and you have a bunch of credit cards yeah. and you're always, every t- time you, you, know, you get paid for something, you're just having to pay off some credit card or some bill or whatever, you, know, you can never get ahead. Mm-hmm. So I always encourage people to get out of debt as quickly as possible. Um, you know, and, and again, like you're saying, save, 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 mm-hmm. you know, because it is never, there's never a steady gig for very long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very rare. They're, they're out there, but they're usually the, the long term, you know, uh, George Strait and Garth Brooks and those types of gigs where, you know, people have worked with them for, for years, mm-hmm. years and years and years, but those are far and few between nowadays. Absolutely. You know, so it's like you get a tour, you get to go out and play for someone for a few months or a year, maybe two years, and then that might be over, and then you got to find something else. So right. if you're always able to be working on something off to the side so that when that thing is over, you can automatically work into this other thing. So I think it's what's great about you with your drumming, then you're also tour managing. You know, you've got multiple streams of income mm-hmm. and that's one of the, the purposes of this show is to let people know that you can make a living in the music industry through multiple streams of income mm-hmm. it's not just one thing that you are doing it can be one thing if you right. can do that full-time that's great but for most of us you can't mm-hmm. you've got to have more than one thing Absolutely. so if you can string along those things that are all musically related and it doesn't always have to be on the creative side. Mm-hmm. You're also like the tour managing. That's a business. That's purely right. business side of music. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. But you're you're in the thick of it, though, you know, mm-hmm. and you're helping make sure that that the artist is able to put on a show and yeah. do it well for the audience. And, mm-hmm. and let me add to that, too. I think it's important to evaluate when it's time to let go of one of those things. Sure. You know, for me, I mentioned about having that part-time job and eventually it got to the point where I was traveling so much that they said, hey, we're actually letting you go because you are now a full-time musician working a part-time job. You know, so they they were kind enough to recognize for me that, hey, you have enough gigs at this point. Like you're having to call out of work because you're actually doing what you set out to do. You're actually doing what you... um, got this job so that you could create your flexibility to do, you know? So I think 
at that point, it's important to evaluate, is this side hustle that I have actually pulling me away from committing to the things that I actually want to do, the main focus, you know? And I've had to ask myself that question when it comes to these other gigs, even within music, you know? At that time, I was working for that fitness club, but even with things like tour managing or merchandise or band leading, you know, if it gets to a certain point where one of those things is no longer serving the main passion of drumming, which I consider is the top priority for me, uh, I have to evaluate at that point whether the extra income is actually worthwhile or whether it's holding me back from actually diving full into the thing that I love doing. Mm-hmm. And the thing that eventually, you know, I want to pour into that one thing so that that leads to a bigger opportunity, you know? Yeah. So I think I think being wise about, you know, when is it time to buckle down and do the work? And then when is it time to evaluate and say, this is actually pulling away? Mm-hmm. Um, those are good questions to ask. Sure. Yeah, I was in that same situation years ago. I was working, delivering pizzas, and did that for about six years. Mm-hmm. And then I started teaching guitar, started a, a teaching business, and I had to... Uh, I mean, I was touring part-time as an artist um, and playing out for other artists while I was delivering pizzas, and it was very flexible. They, that was the whole point, is they let me go whenever I need to, and I could come back and work, and I had a job. Um, but then I started teaching guitar and started my own business doing that, and then that got to the point that I finally realized one day, I was like, I've got enough work as a teacher that I don't have to, to deliver pizzas any longer, and I can still go out and tour Mm-hmm. And then on the weekends or if at camps or whatever, but during the week, I've got enough students I can teach guitar and that'd be, and so now all of a sudden I went from part-time music, part-time whatever else to full-time music doing three or four different things, Exactly. you know? And so that's mm-hmm. what we're trying to get to that point is to be able to do, whether it be just one or two things or multiple things, if we can do the majority of it in music, that's, if that's what you're wanting to do, mm-hmm. then there are ways to do that. It's just, you, just, you have to find those things sometimes. Absolutely. And you want to think of what fills the tank too, Yeah. you know, cause I mean, for me, for this fall, I, I took a lighter schedule because I was touring so much in the spring and the summer. And in this time, I'm like, man, having the downtime actually allows me to fill the tank and reevaluate some of the things that maybe I haven't had time to even think about. You know, yesterday I actually um, set up my recording gear and I just did a session for a friend for fun, you know, not even for pay or anything like that, but just like, man, this is a good song that could use some drums on it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to mess around with it and just give it as a gift, you know, and doing stuff like that, I I really think is also important, you know, being able to take time for the things that you just love, not because you're having to do five different side hustles, but just because you want to get back to the basic of why did I start creating? Why did I get into this field in the beginning? It's because I love, I'm passionate about it. I loved getting to do this. So do you do drumming sessions for people? Do you track drums for people if they need a drummer for, uh, for a recording? You know, I haven't typically done it a ton because I've been on the road so much, but after yesterday, even like as I was driving here this morning, I was like, man, I could totally, I was listening to the recording in my car and I was like, I could totally offer this service, you know, like during the weekdays when I don't, I already have all my gear set up in one location. It's not like I'm having to set it up and tear it down every time, but 
definitely. I'm like, yeah, this could totally be a thing, even for this fall while I have downtime. Sure. And that's just extra income exactly. for you and it's mm-hmm. work for you. Yeah. And tons of drummers do it. Yeah. Lots of drummers are, you know, especially with technology now, we can do everything remotely. Exactly. You know, over email and uh, whatever. So I want to have you play drums on something of mine. I I'm would just going to put that on the air I and just tell to. you, I want to, and I would love to do that. That'd be awesome. So if that's something that you're interested in doing is offering that service to people, just so listeners know, like, I need a drummer, yeah. you know, I'm an artist and, but I need a drummer who can track for, for me remotely. And we already know that she's an amazing drummer because she's out playing for Carrie, <laughs> Carrie Underwood and, you know, and all these other people. Um, how would the, you want people to get in touch with you if either you, they wanted you to drum on a track for them, or maybe somebody needs a drummer to go out and tour, tour with them. And yeah. you're wanting at some point you need, you know, an opportunity to go out and play the drums. How would people want to get in touch with Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Yeah. They can either reach me at my website, echandmusic.com or my email address is just info at echandmusic.com. E, the letter E, uh-huh. Chan. Yep. C-H-A-N music.com. Awesome. Elizabeth, thank you so much. Thank you. This has been so awesome getting just to sit and talk with you. I'm so very grateful that you took time out and invested in in this conversation and letting people know, you know, how they can make a living in the music industry by being a drummer or being a a road manager uh, and just sharing your expertise and insight into those things and continue to have great things in store for you, I know, and uh, we'll have people check you out and you got a Facebook mm-hmm, page right. as well they yeah. just look you up Elizabeth Chan yeah. on Facebook Elizabeth R. Chan Elizabeth both R. Chan. on Facebook and Instagram okay uh, well, again thank you so much thank you it's awesome go listen to Elizabeth on uh, albums and on tour um, and you're out touring with Abby Anderson mm-hmm, is that that's right? right drumming for her yeah uh, coming up and um, that's awesome thank you so much thank you have a great day thanks Thank you guys so much for joining us today. I really hope you enjoyed my conversation with Elizabeth. She is such a joy to be around. She's so much fun. And obviously she's an amazing drummer and road manager, as you can tell. Be sure to check out Elizabeth's website to get more information on her and her music as well. Also, don't forget, Edebrook Productions is here to help if you need consulting services via phone call, Skype, or FaceTime. Be sure to let us know how we can help you make a living in the music industry.